Hello and welcome to the ET PhD team podcast, the podcast here to help you with your relationship with food and body by giving you evidence-based techniques to support yourself with a sprinkling of feminism, a dash of dismantling diet culture and a side of vulnerability as we share our own messy lives with you. I'm Emilia, a registered nutritionist and PhD with the sole purpose of making your life happier and healthier. If you love it, please do go wild and share it. And if you're ready for support with our coaching, details are in the show notes. Hello and welcome to episode number 292 of the ETPHD team podcast, The Fear of Weight Regain. In past episodes, we've covered the topics in various ways of the fear of gaining weight because it can definitely hinder your recovery from disordered eating. For some people, um, it's a sticking point in regards to their recovery. Whether or not that is actually true or something that will happen is different for everyone. But something that I kind of wanted to delve a little bit more into today was the fear of weight regain specifically for people who have lost weight in the past and then found themselves in the situation where their relationship with food isn't great and it often stems from a fear of quote-unquote going backwards, regaining the weight and going back to where they were before. And I've spoken to quite a lot of people about this recently and some of my clients about this recently and it often manifests in quite similar ways for people and so of course when I've had the conversation multiple times I like to put that conversation um, in a more eloquent form and a more sort of generalised form on the podcast and alas here we are. This fear of regaining weight is often the sticking point for a lot of you when you've lost body fat and are then struggling with the next phase of improving your relationship with food. I don't know if the next phase is the right term for that because just because you've lost body fat doesn't mean you've worked, you've healed your relationship with food and then often that does the opposite. So you know what I mean. But this fear of regaining weight can manifest as ultimately an unhelpful relationship with food. And numerous studies have shown that anxiety about weight gain is associated with psychopathological behaviours around disordered eating. So things like excessive restriction, food rules, binge eating, bulimia, to the extent that the fear of weight gain is actually tackled specifically in recovery from certain eating disorders because it appears central to the psychopathology. So this might look like for you let's kind of I suppose paint paint a picture you have maybe you dieted for a long time but in the last year last two years however long it's taken for you or even last six months however long it's taken uh, you've successfully lost body fat so you've lost body fat and now you're in this place where you find that you are still restricting you are still preoccupied by tracking your food you're still tracking your steps you have this perfectionist mindset towards these things where they're not just offering you a bit of a guide but they're actually saying to you this is how many steps you should do and this is how many calories you should have and if you don't do these things you're failing you associate 
deviating from these targets with guilt and you maybe potentially avoid social occasions, you only allow yourself to have foods on certain days or you still don't allow yourself certain foods, even though you're not on a fat loss journey anymore, even though when you're on a fat loss journey, you should never exclude foods from your diet. As you know, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, but you find yourself in what effectively from the outside would look like quote-unquote diet rules and they're not serving you anymore because you feel quite rigid with them. You feel guilt and shame around them when you don't stick to them. This can also look like over-restricting your actual calories. So you're, you're, you're eating under your kind of quote-unquote maintenance calories. You are significantly in under your quote-unquote maintenance calories and then subsequently overeating or binge eating but because you're in this restriction overeating cycle you're roughly maintaining weight so on the outside it may appear that you're successfully maintaining weight and that is wrongly associated of course with you know your quote-unquote healthiest self It might also manifest as excessive body checking. So you're constantly weighing yourself, you're constantly um, pinching your skin, you're constantly looking in the mirror, body checking. This is often something that we do to, again, to try and control our weight regain, just like calories, just like tracking our steps and our exercise. Having some sort of meticulous control over our bodies or what we think gives us meticulous control over our bodies gives us this false sense of control over them and in some way eases this anxiety we think about gaining or regaining the weight. Statistically, about 35% of dieters become pathological dieters and about 25% of those develop disordered eating, including eating disorders, which if you look at this in terms of actual numbers of real people, it means about seven to eight people in every hundred who diet are likely to develop eating disorders. So this is from a study in 95 um, that I talk about quite a lot, Shislak, uh, if you want to look at it. Um, so we know that dieting itself increases often these unhelpful behaviours as it stands. Um, but on top of that, these kind of maladaptive behaviours can emerge from specifically anxiety about weight regain. And that manifests as things like eating restrictions, dietary regimes, etc. Something that also often can show up in people who are in this situation is kind of an inability to rest, an inability to relax, an inability to switch off, maybe some relaxation-induced anxiety, because when you were dieting, you constantly were kind of go, 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 always trying to strive, always trying to achieve, always trying to do the next thing. And so, you know, if you had a a gap, you might go for a walk, you might have developed these habits where you just didn't allow yourself to rest much. And this was celebrated, right? And so once you finish your diet, this can then show up as like this fear or discomfort around rest and relaxation or this association of rest with guilt, shame, perceived laziness. So why does this actually happen? Something that you'll have heard us talk about a lot on this podcast is internalised weight stigma. 
And weight bias is a term that refers to negative ideologies that we associate with obesity. For example, um, people with weight bias might believe that people in larger bodies are unattractive, lazy, less intelligent, personally to blame for any health issues that they experience, less deserving of success or love. And it's vile, but it's not, I don't say you are vile if you hold these beliefs. This is a this is a kind of pervasive, toxic societal message that comes from diet culture, racism, sexism, and this societal messaging. The thing is, is that we can internalize this weight bias. So we develop this belief that negative stereotypes about weight apply to ourselves, And this internalized weight bias has been linked with a range of psychological and physical issues, like, for example, disordered eating, like, for example, a fear of weight gain. And with this, people often perceive themselves as too heavy, regardless of their body size. It's associated with depression, disordered eating, difficulty in maintaining weight, anxiety, and overeating. And anxiety about being overweight has been linked to dissatisfaction with your own body. And body dissatisfaction is linked with disordered eating. So this kind of applies to everyone who probably who has this fear of gaining weight, this internalized weight stigma. However, if you have previously lost weight, you might also associate negative experiences with being in a larger body. So for example, you might have had poorer health outcomes when you're in a larger body or you might have been bullied when you're in a larger body or faced family criticism, cultural criticism or you may have experienced unhappiness or like lack of life satisfaction or purpose at a time in your life when you were in a larger body and you attribute that unhappiness to your body size and So I think it's really important to give yourself space, if this is you, to reflect on, you know, what do you associate with being in a larger body? What experiences did you have at a time when you were in a larger body? Now, this is not me attributing being in a larger body to these things, but you will in your head possibly have created links between yourself and a larger body and these quote-unquote negative experiences that you had and it's important to make space for them. Somebody that I work with shares her story of how, you know, she used to get made fun of and almost made fun of herself when she was in a larger body. Um, And so, of course, if you spent, say you're 40 years old and you spent from the age of 12 to the age of 35... Um, either being externally bullied or in your house bullied or bullying yourself and being critical towards yourself and then being societally shamed or perceiving societal shaming for how many years is that? 20, 25 years-ish, 28 years, then it's understandable that when you lose weight, the fear of weight regain is not just reducible to 
body fat. And I think sometimes I say this with the recognition, which I think is really important, that I am in a societally deemed like quote unquote healthy body. Um, and I haven't been in a larger body. I've worked with thousands of people that have. Um, but personally, I haven't. So I think sometimes hearing messages like this from me can be like, well, you don't know because you didn't experience that lived experience of being in a larger body. And I think that's valid. But the point is, is that one, I, like, I hear you and I understand. But two is, don't gaslight yourself that's the real problem of kind of belittling this or kind of just reducing this to just like, oh, it's just weight bias or it's just um, a fear of weight gain. Think about what else happened for you when you were in a larger body and how that made you feel and and potential fears around that. There's also the psychological aspects of weight loss that we have to consider when you've lost weight in that when you're dieting, you're, there's an increase in body checking behaviour, an increase in body preoccupation, you're consistently celebrating numbers going down on the scale or clothes fitting or measurements coming down. And so what you associate all those numbers coming down with is success. And so when those numbers start to go up or fluctuate, you subsequently can associate those things with failure. And if you're someone who struggles with self-worth, even if you're not, you're, we all have an inherent fear of failure and you can listen to as many podcasts as you want. I've done many myself where I'm like, you know, we celebrate failure, we run into failure because it's a sign of growth, etc., etc. Great, but it doesn't take away the fear of it. And if you associate, if you've associated for so long, success looks like getting smaller then if you flip that around, does failure look like getting bigger? And does that potentially have um, an impact or an association with this fear of weight gain? Now, that self-awareness piece is really, really important. So thinking about all of these things, but ultimately, of course, we're about action here. We're about awareness and we're about action. So how can you begin to overcome this fear of weight gain? Number one, something that I can say till I'm blue in the face that I've been saying for the last 10 years is it's really important that you understand that body weight and size fluctuations are a healthy response to weight maintenance. Weight maintenance is not staying at 75 kilograms on the dot forevermore. It might look like sometimes being 71 or 77 or 78 and having this constant fluctuation and what you see in people often with a um, kind of quote-unquote good relationship with food and at weight maintenance is that you will see these fluctuations. Maybe they don't notice it because they don't take their scale weight. But think about it. For a lot of people, when they see scale weight go up, they restrict harder. If you're someone who overeats or binge eats, you restrict harder, you're much more likely to overeat or to binge eat and regain that weight. But if you're not somebody who does that, then you're much more likely to experience this enhanced kind of desire for control, for rigidity, for food preoccupation, for body checking. And these are disordered eating habits and they are linked to body dissatisfaction. So you might think, well, it doesn't lead me to weight gain when I 
notice these changes. It just causes me to restrict hard, to get more control over things. And I ask you, is that healthy for you? Is self-criticism, rigidity helpful for you? Get curious about your behaviours. Like, look at your body checking. How often are you body checking? If we look at a body checking kind of scale with body checking, excessive body checking on one side and body avoidance on the other side, a healthy body image probably looks like body checking somewhere-ish in the middle. Where you might look in the mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. Fine, you crack on with your day. Or maybe you're somebody who takes scale weight. Some people have a good relationship with scales and might weigh themselves once a week. Fine. Are you weighing yourself every single morning? Are you looking in every mirror to look at your body? Are you pinching your skin? Are you wearing clothes that are uncomfortable? Get curious about this. Get curious about the idea of removing tracking, whether that be tracking of food, tracking of your movement, your steps, your calorie burn. How would it feel if I asked you to remove that tracking? Would it feel okay? Would it feel create feelings of anxiety? Do you have fear about letting these things go? That is a little bit of a red flag. Reconnect with your body and its new size. And what I mean by that is affirm your appreciation towards it, reconnect with it, practice respect and care towards it. When you have a bath, like act, like appreciate your body. Something that I like to do when I'm in the bath is like, I'll just like run my hands. This, don't worry, it's not going into a different type of podcast. Run my hands up and down my legs or up and down my arms. Cut my wee breasts. Although right now they're quite juicy. Anyway, reconnect with my body. Like notice what it feels like to touch my own body. Just to live in my body, to remember like this is the body I'm in. So, so often we go about our days like being ourselves or looking at our bodies from the outside. And it's like, can you just sit and think, what does it feel like to be in my body? Look look at your hands. What does it feel like inside your hands? What are the sensations that you feel? So really reconnecting with your body in its size as it is right now. And on top of that, mostly develop your body image. Your body image is just not going to change itself. You're not going to wake up one day at a certain body size and think I've got, I'm really satisfied with my body. Body image is about, you know, how we think, how we feel, the behaviours that we have about around our body, how we evaluate it. And it's not going to improve from fat loss. Actively practice body appreciation, body functionality, body gratitude. Work towards being neutral towards your body rather than constantly striving to be in this place where you're really positive about the way that it looks all the time or think that you're going to finally get to this place of positive body image just because of your levels of leanness. Look for beauty outside of your body. Manage your body checking behaviours. Treat your body from a place of care and respect. Allow your weight to fluctuate without immediate action. It's okay to do check-ins with yourself, but are these check-ins for you helpful or are they obsessive? Can you allow yourself to change body weight and not take immediate action and just carry on and see what happens? Now, this is where intuitive eating can be quite helpful because if you slightly overeat for a little while and you gain weight, you will find over time that because you're so in tune with your hunger and fullness, 
and your hunger and fullness are regulated, you will potentially naturally eat a little bit less and maintain this kind of settling range. Again, remember, it's a settling range. It's not a set point. If you identify with that kind of hyper-aroused, highly controlled, rigid mentality, can you practice a nervous system regulation? Specifically for you, down-regulatory practices will be really helpful. Things like down-regulatory breath work where you have a prolonged exhale and a shorter inhale, maybe some box breathing, maybe some yoga, specifically something like yin yoga, taking a walk in nature without listening to things, without overstimulating yourself, but instead just being with nature, being with yourself, calming your senses, having maybe some sensory deprivation in your day, resting. Resting does not have to look like watching Love is Blind on the sofa for four hours, but if that is your bag, you go right ahead. Develop some self-awareness. Like questions I, I urge you to consider. And you might want to write these down, use them in your journal and practice. Screenshot this point of the podcast so you can come back to it. Are you the same person as you were before when you were in a larger body? Do you have boundaries in place with others as an adult as you are now? Challenge your beliefs. Do you believe that you're always going to be yo-yo dieting? Are you constantly expecting to regain weight? Is that fair and is that true based on the tools you have now? What habits do you have in place now? Realistically, would you let those habits completely slip? Sometimes I think it's helpful to catastrophize. Now, only you know if this is a helpful thing for you or not. Usually catastrophizing helps me. It helps some of my clients. What's the worst that can happen? Okay, you regain a bit of weight. If you look at all of the habits that you have now and the knowledge and experience that you have now, one, would that weight gain be unhealthful to you? And two, if you wanted to, would you be able to change that? You're not a child anymore. You have autonomy. You have boundaries, or at least you have the capacity to set boundaries. The way that you respond to other people will be different now than what it was back then. What brings you happiness? What brings you purpose? What brings you connection outside of your body right now? Is it your body that brings you happiness or is it all of these other things? And will these other things remain the same regardless or as same as anything can in this uncertain life that we live regardless of your body size? Check your environment, what you expose yourself to. Are you exposing yourself to only specific body types, specific narratives? All of this is about developing trust in yourself. Trust in yourself and who you are now. Get support. Obviously at ETPHD we work with a lot of people to either lose fat or to release unhelpful control after fat loss. And Becca is ETPHD psychotherapist, nutritionist, PT and can really dig into some of the underlying um, reasons why this might be showing up for you. But there is no finish line. This is your life. Do you really want to spend it hyper-vigilant, rigid and hyper-critical of yourself? Do you believe that there's a way to live this life in regards to your body and your relationship with food in a more peaceful way? Because there is. 
but it's about whether you trust yourself to do that and whether you can create enough space to begin to believe that that is possible. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you did, please do feel free to like, share, subscribe and review. And if you would like to chat to me, then you can find details of my Instagram in the show notes.